Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hello, Brewer fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Brew Crew Review Podcast. I'm your host today, Vince Travato, joined here on the set by the great man himself, Mr. Scott Bartell. Scott, how are you today? Uh, doing well, celebrating a big Brewer win. Hope you're doing well, Vince. Yeah, hope everybody in the Brewer world is uh, doing well as well. Yeah, nice, nice win today, Scott. And uh, first of all, are we going to be joined uh, today by either of our other colleagues, Chad uh, or Craig? Um, I don't think so. I I'm, think that they're, um, I don't know, probably shopping via Instacart for food. I don't know. Okay, well, fair, fair enough. Good to be social. Good to be socially distanced and stay, stay safe. So that's that's good. But um, Scott, as you mentioned, it's a it's a it's a good day for Brewer fans. The Brewers get their first win in the young 2020 season. Uh, I don't know if any of us back in March had predicted that the Brewers' first win in 2020 would come on July. Uh, what is it? 20 uh, 25th. But yeah, hey, yeah. here we are, and uh, <laughs> the Brewers are one and one on this young, very young season. Uh, a couple of highlights to go over today. Uh, Christian Yelich with his first hit and his first home run today uh, here in game two. Started off a little poorly like most of the Brewers' offense last night. And there were some people, you know, kind of expressing some concerns because he had not hit, uh, you know, as well as we're accustomed to seeing Christian Yelich hit in uh, the abbreviated summer training or the, you know, um, the, the, the inner squad games, I guess, that the Brewers were uh, hosting at Miller Park between themselves. But um, what were your takeaways today uh, after watching Yelich at his first home run of the year? Um, I actually did see another publication that said, like, overreaction of yesterday's game. Christian Yelich looks lost at the plate. I'm like, okay, well, everyone in our lineup, aside from Orlando Arcia, looked lost at the plate yesterday. So, it, like, it, it was right. a stupid take, but I guess it was intentionally stupid. But um, – no, he looked fine today. He was only one for five today, but um, you know he hit the bomb to deep center uh, off the lefty, so that was also a good sign. And uh, he got robbed of yep. another base hit earlier. So yeah, he looked he looked just yeah. fine. Yeah, I was gonna say the Cubs played the shift on him pretty well, and uh, I, I think it was Chris Bryant playing deep in the hole between Sexton and shortstop, uh, who actually made that play to rob Yelich of a hit. Um, I think one of the other highlights that we should point out today in, in today's 8-3 to three Brewers victory is uh, the base running of Lorenzo Cain. There was a crazy play in the third inning. Cain uh, gets, you know, into a pickle between second and third base. Uh, he's going to be clearly out uh, with, you know, any other defense besides the Chicago Cubs uh, playing against them. But Cain, by a feat of heads-up base running, actually is able to retreat back to second base after uh, Ben Gamble had already reached second. He get Ben Gamble's attention. Gamble runs back to first base and is safe at first after no one from the Cubs is covering at first base. Both Brewers runners are safe. Uh, it sets up a, a, a run later on in the inning. Uh, Scott, what do you think of that crazy play? And, and did it remind you of anything else? Um, kind of reminded me of when Kane uh, did it just a couple of years ago, uh, basically the exact same scenario. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I get the same team. <laughs> yeah. Unreal. But um, no, I mean, he, he kind of got hung out to dry. So the base was, running wasn't obviously great to start, but made up for it. Um, heads up play to, 
you know, get everybody safe and yeah, leads to a run. Uh, pretty, pretty solid game all the way around. I think, I mean, um, like if you look at it, so we were, we, we had nothing to talk about yesterday. It wasn't a great day and RC has three hits uh, being the only hits uh, of the team. Uh, today, everybody in the lineup got a hit except for Arcia. So go figure. That's baseball. It's baseball. It's a it's a weird game sometimes, Scott. Um, let's talk about some pitching. Uh, Corbin Burns with the start today from Milwaukee, uh, as we had talked about on last night's podcast. Corbin kind of moved up in the rotation to essentially being the number two starter uh, after some injuries to a few other guys, and uh, he pitched I think pretty well today. He gave up. Uh, I think one run. Uh, well, he was in. Wait, what? Do you have his line yeah. in front of you, Scott? Did our, in, did yeah. our interns provide that for you? Yeah, you got it. No, he gave up the one earned run. Uh, he pitched three and a third yeah. innings, so he does not qualify for the win. And that's something I kind of want to talk about a little bit too, because I, I think in this day and age of baseball, we might have to change that up a little bit. Like you shouldn't have to go five innings to get a win, because Brett Suter, who arguably pitched the worst. Of, of any for pitcher today gets awarded the win. It's just, I don't know. It's the way it is. But um, getting back to Burns, uh, he gave up two hits in three and a third, struck out six. Great work, but three walks. Um, you could tell he, he struggled a little bit with control there, and maybe that's why he got the early hook. Maybe that was the plan all along to kind of sort of a, piggyback him and Suter. He had a hit better as well, too. Yeah, so – uh, had some of the control issues for sure, um, but uh, he escaped, got out of some jams, uh, only gave up the one run. So overall, can't complain too much. Well, I was going to say, you know, I've been less bullish on Corbin Burns. I think I was just really disappointed in him uh, last season and, and really failing to achieve that sort of next level um, after his successful since in 2018 coming out of the pen and after his long minor league pedigree. And, um, I know that you and, and our colleagues, Craig, and uh, our anonymous source, Tom Carter, are very high on Corbin. Uh, but I'll, I'll say that I was actually very impressed by Corbin today. I thought that he looked good. He did have some control issues. But, um, you know, if I had to guess, I, I think that the Brewers had him on a bit of a shorter leash uh, for, I guess, two reasons. Number one is, is that, again, this is, you know, Corbin has been in a transition mode uh, each of the last two years, going from being a starter to being a reliever to being a starter to being a reliever. And, I think that they were probably planning on having him, you know, only throw a certain amount of pitches today. And it's probably a smaller number than a guy like, you know, Brandon Woodruff or another starter in our rotation. So I think that it, it wasn't completely surprising to me. Um, so I, I, I wasn't totally shocked when council made the move to get him out of there. Um, so that being said, I, I think that the Brewers overall plan is to use the bullpen uh, in unique ways. Like we've seen, Council do much of the last few seasons, and that's going to mean, you know, having a guy come in sometimes in the fourth inning to pitch the next three innings. And that's um, what we saw today with, with Brent Suter's appearance. And I don't think that that's going to be just a strategy that's used with Corbin Burns. I think that that's going to be a strategy overall because of the depth in the Milwaukee bullpen. Um, you see guys giving a lot of different kinds of looks. And I was listening actually to the audio uh, from our colleagues in the Fox broadcast. And they were really impressed with the versatility of the Brewers bullpen. You've got a guy like a side armor, like Eric Yardley. Uh, you've got a guy like Josh Hader who can throw, you know, 98 miles an hour consistently. And you've also got a soft tossing guy like Brent. It's a lot of different looks. And I think that that's really hard for an offense uh, from an opposing team 
to adjust to. So it didn't surprise me at all for those couple of reasons. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think at this point, the way that you've seen um, council give typically the quick hook, uh, especially to uh, some of our younger pitchers, uh, it's definitely not all that surprising to a, to a Brewer fan. Might be surprising to a national audience, which obviously the game was today. So uh, it's always good to get a win um, when everybody's watching. That's always great. But um, yeah, I mean, um, anything else about this bullpen? I mean, Brett Suter, he, he gave up a, a pretty big home run to uh, Kyle Schwarber. But other than that, he looked pretty good. Two and two-thirds and three Ks. Uh, and then Williams, Phelps, and Yardley uh, shut it down. They each win an inning. Um, none, none of them – well, actually, um, Williams gave up. He actually had to get out of a bases loaded jam, so he kind of struggled a little bit. But um, – he had a hit and then also a walk. Phelps had a walk too. Hate to see those walks when you're, you know, when you're playing from ahead like that. But uh, overall, like I would actually argue that Yardley looked the best out of out of any Brewer pitcher today. Um, he only threw he only threw twenty pitches, but uh, he was dealing. So yeah, he really was. And actually, we should point out uh, since we're doing these after most games this season. Um, in the Brewers history corner here, two guys did make their official Brewers debut uh, debuts today. Uh, one of whom is David Phelps and the other is Eric Yardley. So congratulations to those two guys. And we probably failed to mention it yesterday, but there were five guys who made their official Brewers uh, debut yesterday as well. Uh, Avisel Garcia, uh, Justin Smoke, Bobby Wall, JP Fireisen, I can never pronounce his name. Uh, uh, all made their Brewers debuts. Uh, and Omar Narvaez also became official all-time Milwaukee Brewers uh, here in the last two days. Yep, that's a lot more baseball cards you're going to have to get. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and the, 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 the quest keeps going. Yeah, overall, um, pretty excited with the bullpen. I mean, obviously, those none of those are household names. And um, when you still have guys like, you know, like um, – you know, we didn't even have, I mean, who are our top three pitchers? I don't know, maybe um, out of the bullpen. With, um, out of the Hader, bullpen? It's got to be Hader, Knable. I don't know if Wall is there yet, but he's, he's certainly up there. Uh, so our best bullpen arms we didn't even have to use today, uh, which is great because it's, it's the type of game that I saw, like that would happen a lot last year where, yeah, we'd, we'd get out in front eight to three and then a pitcher would struggle and all of a sudden we have to bring in Josh Hader in the ninth to face like one batter or something like that. And now, you know, he, or he has to warm up in the bullpen, even just getting him up in the bullpen, even if he doesn't make it in the game, like that's, you're basically sort of using him. So uh, it was good that we were able to kind of slam the door on everything and not have to use any of our best, pit, uh, best bullpen arms today. Yeah. And it's gonna, I, like I said, I think that the versatility in the pen is, is kind of the most effective weapon that we have. And, you know, both Hader and Knable are guys that, that throw hard, and Devin Williams has pretty decent zip on his fastball. But then you've got some very, you know, soft-tossing guys like the suitors of the world or, um, you know, Bobby Wall's kind of in the middle. And Yardley's got a unique re repertoire. And Alex Claudio. There and, yeah, Claudio throws soft and comes at you from the left side as well. So it's a, it's a really kind of a weird mix. Um, but, you know, we're used to that as Brewer fans. I mean, this is – this is the era of experimentation across baseball, and this is certainly the season of experimentation across baseball. Um, the Brewers, I think, are more poised than other organizations to adapt uh, to some of these 
different changes and aspects of the 2020 season and uh, the game generally. So it's, it's going to be really interesting, interesting to see how this plays out and whether or not sort of the way the council has managed his bullpen uh, the last couple of years may give the Brewers even an additional advantage this year uh, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in fact, I was actually just kind of checking out a little bit and seeing like what exactly, like actually Yardley, he was throwing, like he, he throws like a, um, I guess it's not quite submarine, like he throws sidearm and uh, he, he was just mixing it up and throwing 75 miles an hour today. So it was kind of ridiculous to see like, uh, it was it was basically like us with Hendricks yesterday. Like there were a lot of off balance, awkward swings. It, yeah, no, that's that's very true. The Cubs offense they looked a little you know off balance all day today. Um, so I hopefully that's going to be the, the case again tomorrow as well. And how about this, Scott? It's the back to back to back days of Brewers baseball after having none of it since uh, the game that you and I attended last October in the playoffs. Yeah, I think we only get like six off days over the next, what, 66 days or something like that. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of baseball all the time. And we're going to try to do as many of these, like, post-game sort of recaps um, just because, it's, you know, it's obviously fun to, you know, listen to something like that after after a big Brewer win like that. Um, just going over, like, a little bit of the notable things on the offensive side. Um, Sogard got the – he got the scoring game – uh, scoring open in the second inning uh, by tying it up. Uh, he scored Lorenzo Cain. Uh, Gamble had a big triple that brought in two runs uh, in the fourth. Smoke hit his first yep. homer of the year in the fifth. Yelich um, had his monster home run in the sixth. And then um, Narvaez had a, a double to the fence that brought in a run as well. And then Kane finished off the scoring in the seventh with a base hit to plate Narvaez. Uh, Kane actually... I uh, had three hits today, so uh, good work at the plate for him. Yeah, and his great base running as well. And it was really great to see that Yelich, that Yelich home run was just a shot in the deepest part of the ballpark in center field, and uh, that was exciting. I do think that the key moment of the game when the game really uh, swung over in the Brewers' direction momentum-wise was the Gamble triple. Uh, ben Gamble got his first start of the season today uh, and, and really made the most of it. Yeah, that was definitely a big spot. Um, I would also say um, Yelich's homer was big too because um, the Cubs were inching a little bit closer. They had just scored two in the in the bottom of the fifth, and then we answered right back with um, with two of our own in the top of the sixth to kind of uh, give us a little bit of pad room there. So uh, that was definitely definitely helpful. Yeah, I think we should we should maybe just talk about it before signing off in this podcast really quick. Ryan Braun did not play today. Uh, Braun, of course, had missed much of the summer camp exhibition, uh, inner, inner squad exhibition games. Uh, at Miller Park with, you know, back tightness, shoulder tightness, neck tightness, uh, typical Braun injury type of things that have kept him out of games both in the you know, regular season and in spring training in the past. But did you read anything into Braun? Uh, missing today's game, game two of the season, after playing and going 0 for 3 in last night's opening night? Um, actually tried to reach out to our anonymous source, Tom Carter, to see if it was, like, um, injury. He thought that um, Braun could have actually, like, made a pinch hit appearance if he really, really had to. Um, but he said there's obviously no need for that at, at this point. So. 
Very good. And last little uh, highlight of thanks to thanks to Tom, but I do think he does want to remain anonymous, Scott. Just so you know. Oh, so yeah. Don't I'll... don't don't say. Yeah, don't say Tom Carter. Just say Tom C or something going T. forward. Carter. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Any of those are fine, but not Tom Carter. Um, in any event, a uh, little dust up also occurred in today's ball game that we should probably talk about quick. The uh, benches. I don't know if cleared is the right word. There were no punches that were thrown, but a bit of a beanball war did break out uh, in, in the next inning after the benches sort of cleared. Uh, there was another hit by pitch in the first uh, first batter of the next inning. Uh, do you read that there's actual bad blood between these two teams? Um, you know what? I'm going to say this. A lot of the brewer pitchers, like, I mean, well, I, sh- I should just say pitching in general – uh, it's all about using both sides of the plate. And I think that we're in an era where uh, a lot of times people like to crowd the plate and sort of take away that inside corner. And then they have, they have the entire outside corner covered. When you stand that close to the plate, it, sometimes you're going to get hit. And if you're a pitcher, you have to understand that, yeah, you're going to hit some guys once in a while, but I, you have to use both sides of the plate or else you're, you're just going to get eaten alive out there. Um, I know that Rizzo crowds the plate. Wilson Contreras a little bit. Uh, he's been hit twice, I think. Rizzo got hit yesterday. But, um, yeah, I mean, you can't be afraid to do that. And if you're going to hover over the plate, I guess you're going to expect to get hit once in a while. I don't know. I Usually when someone inflicts pain on me, I, I get irritated and annoyed. Like, I don't like it. But, you know, if a lot of this is just, um, you know, heat of the moment, like, Oh, I got beamed. It hurts. Let's all right. Play ball. Let's keep going. So, oh yeah, well. I did like the Brewers' response. So Contreras gets upset, and uh, the next at bat, Contreras is beamed um, <laughs> again on an inside pitch. I, I did enjoy the Brewers' pitching. Uh, the Brewers' pitchers were not afraid to to remain uh, consistent and continue to pitch him inside because I do think that that's his weak spot as a hitter. So um, probably some frustration there as well, but. Um, in any event, Scott, always a great day to see the Brewers beat the Cubs. Uh, always a great day when you get your first win of the season, and, and always a great day when your uh, best player and former National League MVP gets his first home run of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to clarify, too. Like, I mean, I, I remember in the early years of Council's career, uh, the Brewers were, were definitely – we definitely had players that kind of got on top of the plate, and uh, we were getting hit all the time. And, and usually like a beanball war is not something that council ever really wants to become a part of. Like I've never seen him be like, that's it. Retaliation. Like that's not really his game. Um, I think that the time that Contreras got hit, I think the pitch just got away from him. I don't think it was intentional at all. Cause I think we were ahead of the count, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, let me here, I was actually just going to look at the scores uh, right now. Uh, actually, Detroit and Cincinnati, they just got started. They're tied at one in the bottom of the first. And St. Louis Cardinals beat the Pittsburgh Pirates by a score of 9-1 to today. So there's your NL Central wrap-up. Very good, Scott. Um, please remember to give us a follow, Brew Crew Review 1 on Twitter. Uh, email any questions for our, our hosts here at the podcast at uh, Brew Crew Review Podcasts with an S at gmail.com. And uh, Scott, I know you've got the interns checking our Facebook page and monitoring that very closely. So uh, feel free to be in touch with us there as well. 
I don't think we even have a Facebook page anymore. Also, I stopped uploading on YouTube too. No, like we go through Podbean and like Podbean like constantly gets in, I don't know, some kind of battle with all these different social networks where they don't want them to be able to automatically post on it. So um, right now we're just kind of sticking with um, Twitter and this wonderful podcast. Um, But, um, oh, one more quick thing I wanted to note. Um, Reds infielder Matt Davidson tested positive for COVID today, so he's going to be out for a little while. Hopefully that doesn't, you know, run through their clubhouse or anything like that. Would hate to see that, but uh, there's your latest NL Central news slash COVID news. So, so very, very good. I do believe that Davidson is also the first player uh, to test positive for COVID uh, since the start of opening day and games itself. So that'll be interesting to see how that's dealt with um, by Major League Baseball. So I, I believe that he's the first uh, Juan Soto with the Nationals tested positive, but it was several hours before uh, first pitch. So I believe that Davidson is actually the first to test positive after uh, games have started. That's one for the record books. Well, it might be an answer to, to a trivia question uh, someday, but yeah, best wishes to him and hopefully he recovers uh, quickly and can get back on the field. Uh, obviously, health is first priority. But um, Scott, do you have anything else for the uh, for the listeners here today? Um, yeah, Peter Green of Fleetwood Mac uh, passed away today, as well as Regis Philbin, uh, the game show slash talk show host. Very sad. Did not did not know that. Either Completely one. unrelated to baseball, but you know throwing it out there all right got it uh and actually on on that note unfortunately we should actually mention really quickly for brewers uh history aficionado the passing of former milwaukee brewers pitcher bob sebra who passed away earlier this week uh, at the age of 52 uh after battling some some health issues and being uh comatose literally for the last year it's actually an awful story but um he had been in a hospital for over a year he had a number of transplants done uh, apparently he just had massive organ failure. Um, so best wishes to his family. Uh, but former brewer Bob Sebra uh, did pass away. He pitched for the Brewers in 1990 and I think threw in 10 games uh, with Milwaukee. And one, one weird interesting note, just to share a quick Bob Sebra memory. And Scott, I know that you were, you've had the interns post a video of a massive brawl that took place between the Brewers and the Seattle Mariners in 1990. And it was a, uh, more than a bench clearer. It was like a prolonged seven-minute, eight-minute-long melee down both baselines on the pitcher's mound. It was pretty epic. Uh, numerous ejections. But while Bob Sebro was the Brewers pitcher that was on the mound that day from Milwaukee, uh, who actually threw the pitch that ignited the brawl in the first place. And, and in a weird fluke, uh, he was suspended following that game uh, he then reported to the minor leagues and he, he never got called back up again to the Brewers following the season. And that ended up being the last pitch that he threw in major league baseball. <laughs> wow. The heck of a story. Well, crazy story. It's a hell of a way, hell of a pitch to go out on, I suppose. But does that mean that um, if he were to ever get called up uh, again after that, would he have had to serve the suspension first before having to actually do that? I, I don't know because I don't think that you can be demoted during suspension time. So I think that he probably had 10 games on the bench and then was demoted, but I don't know that for a fact. So that is something that you can have the interns look up before the next episode. Gotcha. Okay. And this is going to be one of those that I'm going to say it and you're going to know the answer and I don't know the answer, but for some reason, when I think of like Seattle Mariners brawls was former brewer Chris Basio involved with the Mariners 
or is that uh not that year so actually Bazio would have no. been uh pitching for milwaukee still that yeah season. it this seemed a little 19, couple of years this later, was maybe, in 1990 yeah. and Bazio was still with the team until the 93 season then he did sign with the mariners and was involved in a big brawl uh, in seattle but i don't believe it was against milwaukee um the highlights of that 1990 brawl there was a lot of guys who had uh, ties to both organizations. I know Jeffrey Leonard had recently been a brewer, but was a Mariner uh, in the brawl. And uh, it, yeah, it's it's great footage. And maybe when you release this podcast, you can recirculate that or have the interns recirculate the, the video on YouTube of the brawl. And it's, it's pretty epic. All right. Sounds like a plan. Um, anything else we want to go over? Otherwise, um, hey, we got the rubber match tomorrow. That's it. Nope, that's it, Scotty. Look forward to hopefully another Brewers win tomorrow and uh, the first series win of 2020 taking place uh, tomorrow afternoon, less than 24 hours from now. Let's certainly hope so. We have uh, we have all of our best arms in the bullpen ready to go. Sounds great, Scott. All right, well, let's continue to uh, root on the Brewers. Stay classy, everybody. Stay classy, Wisconsin, and, and uh, go Brewers. Go Brewers. Yeah, that do-do-do-do was too fast, though. I mean, I'm going to try to sync it up with the song, but... It doesn't matter. <laughs> We'll work on it. No problem. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> yeah.